0: Poo-Poo and the Dragons by C.S. Forrester. Chapter 6. In the summertime, Poo-Poo's mother used to like to have dinner in the garden. Pooh poo used to like that, because in the garden somehow it was not quite such bad manners to get up and walk about between mouthfuls. Nobody stopped to ask Poo-Poo's father whether he liked it or not. One day they were all having dinner in the garden, when a man in a white apron came in by the garage, and walked up towards them, and as soon as Horatio saw him he got up very quietly, and went and hid behind a tree. "'Good afternoon, folks,' said the man with the white apron. "'Good afternoon,' said Mr. Brown. "'I seem to remember your face, but you will pardon me if I don't remember your name.' You see, although Mr Brown was a very clever man he was not half as clever at remembering names as you are. I am James Ponsonby Oshenleck, said the man in the white apron, and I am your grocer. Of course, Mr Mr Oshenleck, said Mr Brown, and what can we do for you today? It's that dragon of yours, said Mr Oshenleck very grimly. Oh dear, said pooh Pooh's mother, I am sure he's been doing something naughty. "'You're quite right, madam,' said the grocer, "'whose name I expect you've forgotten already. "'Something very naughty indeed.' "'What is it?' asked Poo-Poo's father. "'He's been stealing watermelons,' said the grocer, "'leaning forward so as to make quite sure poo father realized "'what a terrible thing this was.' "'Has he indeed?' said Poo-Poo's father. "'Here, Horatio, what have you got to say about this?' "'Horatio?' "'Bless my soul, where has that dragon gone?' "'He's hiding behind that tree,' said Mr. Oshinleck. "'Perhaps now you'll remember his name. "'He knows perfectly well he's been doing what he shouldn't.' "'Come out from there,' said Poo-Poo's father. "'I don't know what the world's coming to. First, I have to have my dinner out of doors, and "'and as if that wasn't bad enough, "'I have grocers and dragons and goodness knows what else "'coming to spoil it for me.' what there is left to spoil, after the wind has made it cold, and the ants have eaten half of it, and the twigs have fallen into the stew. Come here, Horatio.' And Horatio came out from behind the tree with his ears hanging down, and his tail trailing along the ground. "'Now let's hear what you have to say, Mr. Oshinleck,' said poo Pooh's father, now that Horatio is present to hear the accusation.' "'Well,' said Mr. Oshenlach, "'this morning I was dusting my watermelons and putting them out, and I thought I put out three, and when I fetched another I found there were only two. And so I went and got another one, and when I came back there were still only two, and when I fetched another one there were still only two. So I hid behind a pile of apples, and I peeped out, and in a minute or two I saw a head come round the corner on a long neck, and then, snap, there was another watermelon gone.' "'And that was your dragon, Mr. Brown.' "'Dragons can't ever resist watermelons,' said Mr. Brown. "'It says so in my encyclopedia. "'I ought to have thought of it at this time of year. "'What have you got to say about this, Horatio?' "'Horatio never did have anything to say, "'but this time he clearly had less to say than ever. "'He just hung his head and looked down at the ground.' "'There, you see,' said the grocer.' "'I'm afraid I do see,' said Mr. Brown, sadly. "'How many watermelons were missing?' "'I don't really know,' said Mr. Ochenleck. "'There you have me. I couldn't say for sure. "'But judging by those bulges in that dragon, "'we ought to be able to tell quickly enough.' "'So we ought,' said Mr. Brown. "'Come here, Horatio.' "'And he began to try to count the bulges down Horatio's side,' But, of course, dragons are terribly ticklish, and the moment he began to do that, Horatio threw himself down on the ground and wriggled and struggled and lashed his tail about, until Mr. Brown had to give it up. "'I'm afraid we'll never be able to find out, Mr. Oshinleck,' said poo Pooh's father. "'What do you propose that we do? I'm afraid I can't offer to pay you for an unknown number of watermelons.' "'Something must be done,' said Mr. Oshinleck.' "'Well, the only thing to do is see what Horatio says,' said Mr. Brown. "'You remember that he was a very clever man. "'Horatio, did you have one watermelon?' "'And Horatio shook his head as it hung down. Two, said Mr. Brown. "'Three, four, five.' "'And each time Horatio shook his head "'and let it drop farther and farther down "'until at last Mr. Brown said, "'Fourteen?' And then Horatio nodded his head and looked very guilty indeed. Fourteen watermelons,' said Mr. Oshinleck. "'Seeds and rind and all?' said Mrs. Brown, quite shocked. "'How much do fourteen watermelons cost?' asked Mr. Brown. "'I shall have to stop it out of his pocket money.' "'Well, I wasn't thinking of money,' said Mr. Oshinleck.' "'I was thinking that perhaps the dragon would take it out in work. "'I'm a bit busy these days, and I could do with a dragon helping me around the store.' "'That's a very good idea,' said Mr. Brown. Fourteen watermelons. That means fourteen days' work. "'Horatio, you will start tomorrow and work for Mr. Oshinleck.' "'And that is just what Horatio had to do. "'He had to get up very early each morning and run down to the store.' "'Can you tell me what was the name written up at the top?' And as soon as he had tied his apron on, he was very busy indeed. You have no idea what a lot there is to be done in a grocery store. He had to crack all the apple nuts, and take the apples out, and stack them up in pyramids ready for sale. And he had to drop all the peas into the pods, and stick the pods together. And he had to paint all the radishes red. Sometimes he would miss one or two, and people would find white radishes in the bunches just as you do.' He had to take all the artichoke leaves and stick them together the way you expect to see artichokes, and he had to wrap the bananas up in their skins, and he had to put all the carrots into the pencil sharpener so as to put points on them. He had to dip the bunches of asparagus so as to make the ends green, and he had to roughen the tops of the cauliflower and make the green cabbages purple and the purple cabbages green and roll up the celery stalks. The fire from his mouth was very useful for singeing the whiskers off the tomatoes, so as to make them smooth. And when he had done all that, he had to sweep up all the mess he had made, which was simply terrific, although he did it quickly enough with his tail. (laughs) When Mr. Oshinleck was tying up a parcel, poor Horatio had to be handy, so that Mr. Oshinleck could cut the string on the sharp part of his back. Horatio had to deliver groceries to people's houses, and he had to help unload the truck, and then, whenever he had any spare time, he could always use it sawing up the packing cases for kindling with the sharp edge of his tail. One way and another, Horatio was kept pretty busy all the time he was working for the grocer, whose name, of course, you remember, and Poo-Poo saw very little of him and was quite unhappy. But the fourteen days that Horatio had to work came to an end at last, and Mr. Oshinleck said to him, We must celebrate this occasion. Let's go next door and have an ice-cream soda. And so they went next door, and Mr. Oshinleck said to Mr. Quentin Fazakley, that was the name of the man who owned the soda fountain, Set him up, Mr. Fazakley. This is a great day, and I don't mind the expense. So Mr. Fazakley made up a great, big double-dip ice cream soda for Horatio, and Mr. Oshinlek had a smaller one, and he and Horatio picked up their glasses, and Mr. Aushenleck said, Skin off your nose and mud in your eye. And they drank off their sodas quick, like pioneers. It's a great sight to see a dragon drinking an ice cream soda. When the ice cream and the cold soda get right down inside where the fire is, There is a bubbling, and a hissing, and a steaming, and with this big ice-cream soda the hissing was just terrific, and Horatio disappeared for a moment in the clouds of steam that surrounded him. The man behind the counter—people who knew him slightly used to call him Quentin Fazakley, but Mrs. Fazakley usually called him Q, which was much more convenient—peered at Horatio through the cloud of steam and said, "'My golly, does that always happen when you drink a soda?' And Horatio nodded proudly, and Mr. Oshinleck said, "'Yes, he's a very remarkable dragon indeed. Because during the last fourteen days Mr. Oshinleck had grown very fond of Horatio, and was proud of him as well. "'I would like to see it happen again,' said Q. That was what his wife called him, but of course you know better.' and he started in and mixed another double-dip ice cream soda with pineapple flavoring and strawberry and rocky road ice cream and he pushed it across the counter to horatio and horatio didn't mind at all he picked up the glass and anybody could see that he, if he had been able to talk he would have said skin off your nose and mud in your eye and then up went the glass, and down went the soda, and once again there was such a hissing and a bubbling and clouds of steam, as if every fire brigade in the country was trying to put out every fire there had been for the last six months. "'That's quite an advertisement for your ice-cream soda,' said Mr. Oshenleck to Mr. Fazakley. And Mr. Fazakley said, "'Yes, I was thinking much the same sort of thing. In fact, I have a very great idea.' He turned and looked at Horatio again very earnestly. It looks to me, he said, as if you liked ice-cream sodas. And Horatio nodded his head, so Mr. Fazakli went on. How would you like all the ice-cream sodas you could drink? And Horatio nodded his head more eagerly than ever, so Mr. Fazakli went on. The idea I've got is that you should sit in the window here where people in the street can see you, and whenever there's a little crowd around there, you drink a soda for them to see what happens. And Horatio nodded again, and so it was settled, and Mr. Fazzacli hurriedly made out a big poster like this. Fazzacli's sodas. Watch and see. This is the way they cool this dragon. Just imagine what they'll do to you and he went outside and hung it over the window, and Horatio settled down behind the glass. And all this, of course, was very naughty of Horatio, because he was supposed to go straight home every night after working for the grocer, and Poo's mother was growing quite worried about him. But Mr. Fazakli's experiment was a very successful one indeed, "'because quite a big crowd collected in front of the window, "'and Mr. Fazakli was kept very busy making ice-cream sodas, "'and every time Horatio drank one there was a big "Ooh!" from the crowd, "'just as if a rocket had gone up, "'and more and more people came into the shop for ice-cream sodas. "'After a time, Mrs. Brown at home said to Poo-Poo's father, "'It's nearly bedtime, and I'm worried about that dragon.' "'And Mr. Brown said,' Bother the dragon! Can't I sit and be peaceful for the first time today, and without having to worry about a dragon? But all the same, he got out of his armchair, and Poo Poo and he and Mrs Brown all got into the car and drove down the hill to Mister Oshinleck's shop to see what had happened to Horatio. And as they turned the corner, Poo Poo said, "Just look at that crowd outside the soda fountain," and Mister Brown said. I shouldn't be surprised if that young vagabond of a dragon hasn't got something to do with that. And of course Mr. Brown was right, the way he always was, being a very clever man, because when they parked the car and found the crowd, they could see Horatio behind the window in a cloud of steam. And as they watched, Mr. Fazakley gave Horatio another ice-cream soda, and Horatio upped with the glass and downed with the soda— but this time there was not nearly so much sizzling and steaming, and Mr. Brown said, "'This is very serious, indeed,' and he started to make his way through the crowd and into the soda fountain, with Mrs. Brown behind him, and Poo-Poo behind Mrs. Brown. Mr. Fazakley had been very disappointed at the poor results of the last ice-cream soda, and hurriedly mixed another one, so that Horatio could really show what he could do. And he was just giving it to Horatio, when Mr. Brown came round behind the counter through the crowd and said, "'Stop!' very loudly, and took away the glass just before Horatio could take hold of it. Mr. Brown was very angry indeed. In fact, Pooh had never seen him so angry before. "'You've been taking advantage of the innocence of a poor dumb dragon,' said Mr. Brown to Mr. Fazakli. "'And as for you, Horatio, I thought you had more sense. "'Don't you know there's a limit to what the best-constructed dragon can stand? "'Supposing you had put your fire out, where would you have been then? "'As it is, I don't expect there's much left of it. "'Let's see if you can light my cigarette for me.' "'Horatio looked very ashamed, and he clicked open his mouth, "'and he clicked it open again, and he clicked it open again, "'and everybody grew more and more worried until at last, "'when they had given up hope,' "'There was just a little tiny gleam of flame right down inside, "'which you could only just see when you peeped down him.' "'There you see?' said Mr. Brown, looking angrily at Mr. Fazakli. "'And there was quite a murmur through the crowd.' "'I've a good mind to tell the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals about you,' said Mr. Brown, but still I suppose it was only ignorance. But don't you ever let me find you giving dragons more than seven ice-cream sodas again, because then there'll be no excuse for you. Come along, Horatio.' And so they went out of the shop, and Horatio was all shivering and shaking with the cold of the ice-cream inside, and his skin was all out in goose-flesh.' "'There isn't a moment to spare,' said Mr. Brown. "'Run home as fast as you can, and when you get there, "'turn around and run back again to meet us, "'and then run home again, and so on until we get there. "'Go on, run!' "'So Horatio went galloping up the street as fast as ever he could, "'and Mr. Brown and Poo and his mother got in the car, "'and Mr. Brown stepped right on the gas, and up the hill he went.' and halfway up they met Horatio tearing down again, and he skidded to a stop with his claws tearing up the road, and spun around and knocked down a lamp post with his tail. "'I hope nobody notices that,' said Mr. Brown, and went dashing up the hill again in front of the car, and down again and up again, until at last they reached home. And there was Horatio, stretched out on the lawn, with his sides heaving and his tongue hanging out, and great big puffs of smoke coming out of his mouth, so that Mr. Brown was able to say— that's all right. Let this be a lesson to you, young Horatio Heaviside Dragon. You see, Mr. Brown was a very clever man, and could always remember what the dragon's name was. End of chapter six. Read by Kara Schallenberg, www.kra.org, on Sunday, July 28, 2013, in San Diego, California.